Welcome to Marsha's Plate, a black trans inclusive feminist podcast. A place where we know that not everybody is invited to the cookout. And we also know that every single day is a brand new day and we have the power to make a difference today. So let's do this. Brand new day, make it better than yesterday You can always find a way to turn it all around again It's a new day, brand new day, make it better than yesterday You can always find a way to start over again When the sun rises, you can start over again up y'all how are y'all doing hey peace 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 what's good what is oh, good my god i'm just coming back from new orleans hey okay such a good time i don't um look <laughs> what 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 i want to shout out to the jamaican jerk house on saint claude in new orleans okay they fed me so good okay <laughs> come on uh, it was so delicious it was uh it was amazing so if you are in new orleans or you're visiting new orleans nice. check out jamaican jerk house off of saint Claude. they oh it is black owned it is delicious i had i had a couple of misses <laughs> i had okay. ordered some okay some from some other places and i was like mm, this ain't hitting like it's supposed to hit okay and so the <laughs> next day the next day i had tried them and they were on so shout out to jamaican nice. jerk house off of st Clyde in new orleans it was fire <laughs> nice nice so how was your Ooh. week uh my week was pretty chill it was pretty chill um i uh was off work today so that was great you know i got a chance to go take a walk and it wasn't like super duper hot we've had a little heat wave so yeah my week's been chill because i had an extra day off of work so mm. i'm doing all right got, got a little extra sleep in yeah i've been watching this show called love and death on mm. hbo okay it is about this lady uh-huh. Her name is Candy Montgomery, and I think there's another um, series on Hulu about her life called Candy. But basically, okay. it's these country ass Texas folks, and one of the women is bored in her marriage, so she decides to mess around with her church sister's husband. Oh, 
Okay. So you know that's a bullshit waiting to happen. <laughs> right. Sounds like it is. So they plan this whole thing to mess around and they end up messing around, but then they end up like, okay, this is going too far. They end up start following for each other. And they had agreed that it was just gonna be a fling, but girl, you know how <laughs> baby, I'm loving you, you loving me. And mm -hmm. you know, y'all, we laying it down, and you know, it gets it gets complicated and it got complicated. Right. So they right. was like, mm -hmm. it was an entanglement. Entanglement, and it's going too far. <laughs> so they was like, okay, we gotta end this. So they ended it. Mm -hmm. But remember, this is her church sister. So they still in community with each other. Right, 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 right. And so she came over to her house, child, and <laughs> she's talking to her. And her the woman, her church sister says, are you sleeping with my husband? Well, <laughs> kind of out the blue. And she was like, be direct. What? Because apparently, you know, she had saw some things and they didn't know she had saw some things. And even though it was a long time ago, she started okay. picking up on stuff because by the, mm. when she confronted her, they hadn't been messing around for a very, very long time. But oh, okay. it was okay. a little moment that she caught. Mm -hmm. And she was like, hmm, now I'm putting two and two together about a couple of things. And this ain't seeming right. <laughs> okay. And so sister girl, sister, church sister said, you know what? Uh-uh, you is not about to take my man. Oh, not today. <laughs> and she yeah. pulled out an axe. Oh, no. That sounds like Tyler Perry. Uh, pulled out a, a real huddy, heavy-duty axe and tried to slay her, slay the woman, the mistress that was sleeping with her man, her, her church friend. But okay. the one that was sleeping with her man kind of fought her way through it and the tables turned and she took the axe off away from her and oh. killed her. Oh, okay. And I'm like, what? This what is this? Early 80s. What is it's this? Called what Love is this? and Death. It's a series. And so, <laughs> so she killed her. And so then what the show, I'm telling y'all, this is the part that the, you already know from the beginning. You know this part. Okay. So I'm not spoiling anything. You, they, this is a real story. This ain't no. Um, oh, this is based on real. Based life. on a real story, but they're following it to a T. Wow! And so she gets caught because the woman she has the woman's kid, not kidnapped her, but they've so friends that she was. They kids used to spend a night at each other's house. Okay. So she done killed this woman and has her daughter spend a night at her house. Oh, see, nah. So the husband come back. <laughs> But then they found out that she's dead in the house. And it's, it's just this whole fiasco <laughs> wow. of her covering it up. And then she gets charged with the murder. And then it goes through the whole trial. So I'm still I'm still going through it where <laughs> they're going through the trial. But I already done looked up what happens in the true story. So I know what the, how it's going to end. But I don't want to ruin it. Wait, so this happened in the 80s and it was made in the 80s or it happened in the 80s and it was made today? Happened in the 80s, made today. Oh, okay. 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 And so it is so good. <laughs> it is so, 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 so good. A lot of white shenanigans. <laughs> uh -huh. Uh -huh. And, you know, it's just funny. And it's, it's, um, it's not a comedy. It's not, a, I don't want to say it's, it's funny to me because it's a bunch of white shenanigans, but, <laughs> but it's not a comedy. And it's played, the main uh -huh. character, Candy, is played by Elizabeth Olsen. The one that play um on all the Marvel is it Marvel movies? Oh, I don't know. 
she plays on the. I don't know if it's Marvel. I can't. Sometimes it get mixed up. But she's the one who plays the Red Witch or the Scarlet Witch or something like that. Okay. She's the Olsen sister's sister. The their acted sister. Oh, okay, okay. The Olsen twins' sister. That yes, So yes, and she's really she's a really good actress. So she's playing her. And like I said, there's another series on Hulu that tells this story too, but it's played okay. by Jennifer Beale. And I didn't get to watch it, but everybody said that was good too. So I'm gonna huh. have to watch that one too because they made Jennifer Beale look more like the real person. They okay. got they got Elizabeth looking kind of pretty. <laughs> 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 they got her looking wait. So wait, the person was mixed? No, no, no. These are white people. Ain't Jennifer Beale mixed? Is it? Jennifer Beale? Is am I um, saying her name right? I think is, is that it, the right um, Jennifer you talking about? Is it ain't it the one that plays um that's who's in the L word? That's not Justin her name. Timberlake. Her name is just Jessica Beale. Oh, Jessica Beale. Okay, <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I'll I'm, be knowing white people. Flashdance. I was like, <laughs> I was like, what is that? Jennifer Beale from Flashdance and the L word. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is the white girl. This is okay. yeah, Jessica Beale. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm glad you knew because I don't know her name. Like that. So Jessica Beale. Yeah, she played her, but they made uh, Jessica look more like Candy, like the real life okay. Candy that had a little perm, Jew red fro. Oh, okay. <laughs> she had a little perm, but they got mm-hmm. Elizabeth looking more. Looking pretty, she's look. She ain't looking like a. Regular almost, deck. It's almost contemporary, kind of thing. Yeah, it's almost. I want to say contemporary because they got it's. It's set in the eighties, but it's hard for me to look at Elizabeth and be like, mm, "You gonna let this woman be chilling with your family, your your husband, and talking?" I don't know. She a little too pretty to be chilling with my husband, baby. <laughs> Nah, you, she, ain't look, she ain't looking like a regular degular chick like the rest of the girls are. <laughs> I'm like, mm, a little too much extra going you, on. You a little too attractive. <laughs> you, they, yes, they done toned you down a little bit, but you mm. still a little too cute. Okay, okay. <laughs> to be playing this like regular degular person, especially being attracted <laughs> to the, her husband because her husband is real. Mm-mm, like, what you mean? It's hard to. It's hard to see them two together because Elizabeth is so pretty and he is so like, <laughs> it's hard to see them. Two. I don't know. Not saying that it couldn't happen, but it just seems kind of unrealistic okay. where okay. if you the look up the real people, you're like, oh, I can see these people getting together because they both. Oh, I see. Rule bunkins. <laughs> yeah. I see what you mean. Like, <laughs> rule bunkins. Tens and a half. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, so but it's good. So if you want some just some mindless kind of true crime kind of situation, it, mm-hmm. it's no kind of um wait, is it any kind of gore? Nothing like you ain't seeing nobody getting you see a like some blood a little bit, but nothing like okay. you he see somebody get hit or nothing like that. Like you'll see the blood pour here, shit like oh. that. Nothing crazy. <laughs> um, but that's just a little bit. That's not a that's on one episode when we when okay. actually fight. But the rest of it is just the her seducing the husband uh. and seducing him in a kind of real funny ass way. <laughs> um, them kind of making it work and sleeping together. 
it's it's cool. I love it. If you if you into that kind of stuff, this it's a good show. Besides just having the day off, I reconnected with some friends this weekend as well, and that was pretty cool. And watch also watch mindless TV. I watched wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> not wrestling. <laughs> I, I that like I've been watching wrestling because it's it's because it's almost like um, you know, it's just a story. It's almost like soap operas. You know what I mean? I know you know yeah, it's just fake. boy soap operas. You know it's entertainment, and you know it's it's fake. This fantasy, and that and I think that is yeah, it's just interesting because I've been yeah, catching up on like Monday Night Raw. I found myself kind of like. Oh well, shit. You know, I don't got. I got regular TV, so I can only see Friday night. Uh, whatever the fuck, <laughs> going on Hulu and watch catching up on the storylines. Like, what happened to this? What happened to that? Um, but yeah, no, that's yeah. Anyway, but yeah, that's I what I've been doing my week. Kind of yeah, leaning into that. I haven't watched wrestling more. since child. <laughs> I want to say thirty years ago. <laughs> I, literally, I think the last time I watched wrestling. Legion of Doom was popping. <laughs> <laughs> well, I told you, I, I got Animal a lot. Of, I got a lot of harassment while, around watching wrestling, so it's something I kind of reconnected with more recently. So you can get into it now. Well, yeah, you nobody's gonna be like, oh no, turn that. That's boy stuff. Turn that off. You know what I mean? Uh, which is wild. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> to even say out loud. But yeah. yeah, no, it's 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 uh it's been fun, kind of reconnecting. I was talking to my dad. Cause he still watches wrestling sometimes, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Dad, do you know about the story? What's going on with Rey Mysterio? What's going on with the bloodline? <laughs> you know, getting into all the different characters mm. and stuff. You know, the ones. Uh, well, how is wrestling structured now? Like, is it? Well, it's almost like th- yeah, they have it. Ain't what we was growing up on WCW, yeah, WWF. Now you know it's WWE. They got Monday Night, Friday Night SmackDown, Monday Night Raw. And now they got, and then WrestleMania, right? And so I guess now they got like two camps. Like some people are on, then they can bounce between both Monday Night Raw and Friday Smash or I don't know, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And then they compete, they go into like tournaments and shit. And now there's like, you know, it's such a big industry. Like now there's like international wrestling champion. Like it's, it's, it goes on and on. <laughs> You know, mm. yeah, it's like soap opera. It's like gotcha. legit, like soap opera. Like I got reeled in, so like now I'm caught up with the ones and the blood. I'm talking about dad. It's like, are they connected to the? No, no. Oh, bloodline. Okay, that's uh the Rock. Okay, that and his dad is the top of the bloodline, and you know you got generations now wow. uh, in, in wrestling. So yeah, same thing with Rey Mysterio. Like his, it's a whole storyline with his son disrespecting him and his girlfriend and then he you know he goes up to his mom's like mom no dad's a deadbeat like it's 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 such a performance you know what i mean and, and i love it because it's just and i mean you you think about i mean that's a whole different conversation whole another conversation about like gender and stuff and and sexuality and wrestling but just like they the what are these people called i think they're called like the pretty boys or some shit like there's a whole new tag team and they're like called like beautiful i don't know what they look like fabio and they're both just like camera <laughs> just posing this shit and they're like in pink and like you know it's just like some other shit today i was mm. like okay so they're trying to make you know you got latino world order you got a whole different like it's a whole they went down to puerto rico uh, a couple weeks ago or last month or something, you know, you know how much money and attention and revenue, you know what I'm saying? Like, 
you know, it just is to help Puerto Rico and bring that those that money there after the uh, hurricane. Okay. So it's just interesting. It's it's interesting, and they do it. I looked on their schedule. They they tour a lot of smaller towns, even though they'll do bigger places. They'll be in like a rally or something, or you know, kind of small, medium, kind of size. Okay, place. that makes sense. Um, which you know is also good for those economies, local economies. Definitely. You know, since such small places, you know. Um, Anyway, I thought that was cool, but anyway, mm. I found myself like back into it, just like, oh my good, I guess, you know, wrestling not as bad, you know, because wrestling, it's evolved over the years. It's not the same, you know, extremely like homophobic, like, you know, it's just not the same. It's not, it's way more like we trying to make, get everybody money today. Mm. So, <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? Now, Diamond, did you watch soap operas? Did you ever watch soap operas? Were yes. you ever into them? What what were your uh, soap operas? Young and the Restless. Um, all my children. Sometimes Bold and the Beautiful. I would go in and out of Bold and Beautiful, but always mm, Young okay. and the Restless. Always um, um, all my children. Never got into General Hospital. Okay. Never got into what other one was popular. That whole that whole moment that's all my children one life to live general hospital one life to live i got into one life to live yeah oh you I got into one life to live like one life to live but not wait, as wait. much my favorite two is younger the restless and all oh, my okay. children but okay. but my secondary would be um bold and beautiful and one life to live there was one that was real witchy and real Passions? passion no, yeah. Yeah, yeah passion was doing yeah. some crazy stuff By, but sometimes I'll get into it. yeah yeah mm-hmm. I never mm-hmm. got into days of our lives um, unless it like just really briefly. Okay. Okay. Really, really briefly. Um, yeah. Never got into General Hospital. Never got into that. Luke and Laura. That's is that that's General Hospital. Luke and General Laura. Hospital. I never got into General mm-hmm. Hospital. Um, I was Victor Newman and Nikki Newman <laughs> um, and Erica uh, Erica Kane. I was those yeah. were my favorite. Victor, um, Victoria Lord. And, uh, yes. Buchanan. Yeah, I never okay. got. I got those. Those are so poppers I got into. Yeah. Okay. Where? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was a, a one life to live person. Mm. A little General Hospital, but uh, I was just thinking about that with the uh, with the wrestling. There's no more soap operas. I mean, there's very few soap operas mm-hmm. left on the air. So yeah. I guess it's filling that void. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> you know, I'm really kind of bored until I I'm really <laughs> waiting on. Um, you know, Little Mermaid come out this weekend. Oh yeah, yep, yep. I'm definitely going to see that to support Haley Bailey and just you know the diversity of it all. Mm-hmm, and I love mm-hmm. one of my favorite Disney movies is um, Little Mermaid, and I'm excited about that. So I'm just kind of excited and kind of just watching whatever I can find on TV. And that's that's you know that's what I've been doing to keep myself excited. And oh. I want to mention Monica, the movie Monica, which stars um, Trace Lissette, Mm -hmm. um, a trans actress um, that, you know, she's from the Midwest like me. We kind of we're around the same age and she has a new movie out called Monica Mm -hmm. and it's at particular theaters. So make sure you look it up. Um, and find out when it is showing in your area to support the movie. Um, I'll yeah. put a link for Showtimes in 
the bio just to support her because you know this is like uh she's been getting a lot of buzz about it and she did a mm-hmm. really, really good job and yeah. I've heard a lot of positive reviews about it about Monica yes I'm mm-hmm. gonna I'm gonna go see it um probably tomorrow they have it playing in one theater that's kind of far away from me so I'm probably gonna go see it tomorrow do you do you think it's in like uh like the landmark theaters like kind of like the independent film type theaters probably or when you say I particular that, theaters but- but then the one the independent theater that shows all the in you know the independent films yeah. in my area is mm-hmm. re- really close to me because i live like in a central location but they put it somewhere far out like in golf point which is like the southeast side of houston and mm-hmm. so it's kind of strange but i'm still gonna go i'm gonna go see it just regardless just because i want to support my girl um right. but yeah i'm gonna go check it out so i want y'all to go check it out if you are you know, I think I don't know the storyline, but I think from what I'm hearing in the reviews, it's a trans girl that was kind of abandoned by her family and her mom. As she got older, her health started to gl- decline. Yeah, it's like the or something. Yeah, yeah, she has to go back and deal with the history of her family. And so, yeah, it's a drama. She got a standing ovation in Venice. When they played it at a mm, festival at Cannes. And so, yeah, I want to definitely support her. So, hashtag Marsha's Plate. Let us know what you've been watching yeah. on TV. And, yeah, hashtag Marsha's Plate. You're listening to Houston's own MP Trans 101. Now, listen, I know that what is basic Trans 101 for me could just be the beginning for you. So this is for your basic ass. basic for me in this life could be just the beginning for you. I think this is a perfect time for this, you know, since this is the week that Little Mermaid comes out. We're going to talk about mermaids. Yay! I want to welcome you to the magical corner of Marcia's Plate, (laughs) where we celebrate the wonders of imagination and inclusivity. No, I am not going to sing a song as tempting as it is. I'll let Halle Bailey deal with that as amazing as she does it. Mermaids have been around for a very, 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 very long time. The idea of them. They have captivated our hearts and minds for generations. They embody the spirit of transformation. There's always some story about them being in two worlds (laughs) because they are half human and half fish. And, you know, a negative one that I've heard is that they tempt seamen into jumping in the water and killing themselves just to get to them when they hear them sing as sirens and, you know, all kinds of stuff. It's tons of imagination that revolve around mermaids. What you might not know is the connection between mermaids and trans kids. For years, 
doctors and pediatricians and psychologists have studied this phenomenon with children where there is a persistent use of mermaid imagery in self-portraits of trans kids between the ages of three years old and 10 years old. Now, usually when we're talking about trans people, we're talking about trans people that are adults or teenagers. We are rarely talking about trans people who are between the ages of three and 10, because that's when, you know, folks get bent out of shape. First of all, because a lot of times people conflate sexual orientation and gender identity. Uh, Still, they get up in arms because they get to saying, oh, how do kids know anything about sex at that age? And We're talking about identity. Identity is how you see yourself in the world, how you Identify yourself in relation to the world around you. That's identity. Human beings start to identify themselves really, really early, like two and three years old. So get a grip, honey. (laughs) We are talking about identity, not sex. Even though I feel like y'all motherfuckers should be talking about sex a little bit earlier than y'all think y'all should. I think y'all should be having age-appropriate sex conversations early but i'm not a parent so let me mind my business but i will say this there has not been a teenager that i have been in proximity to that has not asked me a sexual question that they were scared to ask their parents so they're probably ready before you think they are because they know themselves and so back to mermaids remember when jazz jennings first was introduced to the american public When she was being interviewed by Barbara Walters, if you remember, she was drawing mermaids. Oh, how pretty. Jazz's bedroom is filled with girly things, dresses, dolls, and especially mermaids. That's a mermaid, right? Right. Uh, Here's another, uh, lots of mermaids. Mm -hmm. Why do you think Jazz was so attracted to mermaids? All of the male to female, younger transgender children are obsessed with mermaids. And I believe it's because of the ambiguous genitalia. There's nothing below the waist but a tail. And how appealing is that for somebody who doesn't like what's down there? Why do you like mermaids? Because they're different than us. I see. How are they different? Because they have tails. So they're one thing on the top and something else on the bottom? Mm-hmm. Yeah? Shall we sit down and talk a little bit? Okay. Your mommy says you have special. And you are very special, very pretty. Do you think you're special? Yeah. If people say to you, are you a boy or a girl? What do you say? A girl. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace to the icon that is Barbara Walters. I'm going to put a study linked in the show notes where they were talking to children about why they depicted themselves in their self-portrait as mermaids. And what I found interesting, remember this is between 10 and 3, what I found interesting is at that age, they didn't draw themselves as their affirmed gender. Like the gender that they identify with as the trans person. They didn't draw pictures of them being a girl like a regular girl they drew themselves being a mermaid 
Now, later on down the line, as they got older, when they get into their early teens, they start to depict themselves as a regular cisgender girl. But at this age, they were okay with being this mythical, half this, half that, different creature. It feels like it's prior to the pressure to conform, to choose, that comes later in life. But child, I don't know. All I know is that my favorite Disney princess was Ariel. That's all anecdotal, but I think it's interesting. So I wanted to point y'all in this direction to see what y'all find. I want to throw y'all down this rabbit hole of exploring the connection between trans femmes and mermaids. <laughs> this has been Trans 101. Oh my God, I want to thank all of our new patrons this week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yay, 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 yay. So not only are you helping to sustain this particular podcast, you know, I also donate to other podcasts. I donate to other organizations. I have my finger on the post of the community and I know a lot of grassroots organizations that are doing great work out here so you're not only helping to sustain us you're helping to sustain other people in a community because I put my money where my mouth is you know that's just the kind of bitch I am community is fuck <laughs> so thank you I really really appreciate you and if you have not become a patron why have you not? You can donate as low as a dollar a month. It doesn't matter. Anything helps. Please. Do I have to play Sarah McLaughlin and show you puppies? Like, what do I have to do? Do I have to do resort to what the white people do to get you to give them money? <laughs> All righty. Anyway, thank y'all. And the Patreon and PayPal link is at the bottom. Back to the show. So apparently overseas, over and... I guess the UK, what they are, uh, there's an article they're calling it, they're asking basically are trans men, are we having like a trans men tipping point or they call it, uh, uh, just going, what do we want to say? Trigger warning for people just in case, because they use the F word. So Mm. they call it the trans fag tipping point, which I will say I heard that term. I haven't heard that term in over 10 years. Like that's definitely a term I heard early in my transition and early even before I medically transitioned, like 08, 09, but I definitely haven't heard it in a long, this is the first time I've heard it in a minute. Um, And so anyway, so it's based off, they're using that kind of like the transgender tipping point when Laverne Cox was on the cover of Time Magazine. It's kind of similar to kind of borrowing from that. But Right now, what they're seeing is more visibility of trans men and like cisgender gay spaces and folks being more welcoming, I guess. And it's kind of like no longer uh, the way they kind of describe it is like, oh, we're no longer kind of on the low, basically on the DL with these guys. There's more open spaces uh, to, you know, to do whatever, to get together. What's interesting, they had events. This is in the UK. Um, uh, so like one of the guys, he said, I, I, I found it, I was surprised recently when a queer cis man I occasionally hook up with mentioned T-Boys Club, completely unprompted, which is 
a party for trans boys, for T-boys and all who sell them, who will sell in them. That's what they call it. So it's like you have events that are specific for cruising, I guess, or getting together with trans guys there. Um, and there's another one called Testo Hunky, which I think is hilarious because hunky. But <laughs> anyway. <laughs> But anyway, so basically, yeah, so they're saying it's hard. in Britain, trans facts, that's the language they're using, become, is, are becoming more visible in the fixture and the gay spaces there. Mm -hmm. um, and folks feel like they're more in community, but they're also like with that comes some challenges and some risk, right, with more visibility. As many trans women know, when you got some more visibility, there comes more risk, period. And so, um, and for trans guys who are not cis-assumed, they know they have to experience that more often. And so, um, so anyway, so it's just, I thought this was pretty interesting. Um, you know, they kind of talk about just like kind of more solidarity and more visibility. Um, I think it's interesting. <laughs> I would love to get your thoughts. A couple things kind of came up for me in terms of it. Like one, uh, like out here in, in, on, in Seattle, and I'm sure in some other places there are, um, like at the, one of the bathhouses, they have a night for trans folks at the bathhouse with it which was something i was surprised um to see here when i got out here um but i haven't seen any kind of like specific spaces uh here in the u.s i guess like i haven't heard anyone say mention anything like you know this is the trans guy cruising night at <laughs> the local gay bar you know what i'm saying even in kind of like mainstream like white gate spaces so mm -hmm. um so anyway so that came up but then also what came up was like do you want to be all a part of cis gay male culture because there's some shit in there that's like problematic um you know but also like be you be free be affirmed and shit mm -hmm. um so yeah like what are your yeah i want to get your thoughts on that because i think it's cool that the space exists and that these things are new and like have you heard of something like this have you experienced this or what do you think about kind of folks and like cis stuff like some of the you know whatever. yeah my thing is oh. <laughs> <laughs> y'all hear that y'all hear that Ooh, this is a good question. Okay. I'm about to say something that would have been problematic, but I'm not going to say that. I, what I am going to say is because it, it aligns with what you said, everything ain't good over here, over in this, in this pond. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but, but what I do, I don't think it's a hard leap to include trans men in the sex stuff. Well, you know, some, I mean, I think a part of the reason it was kind of on the low and it's still kind of on the low, I think, as far as I see, is because at least for some black people, I mean, it depends on where you're at, right? Like, I don't live in a place that got a whole bunch of black people. So I'm sure if I lived in Atlanta, that would look differently. If I lived somewhere where it was like a whole bunch, like, you know, black trans men or trans men in general, but specifically black trans men and trans masculine folks were like, overrepresented and like LGBT people were overrepresented, I'm sure there's like more room for that in a way that it's not where the population is smaller. But yeah. I haven't really seen that where, just, you know, it's still kind of low because folks feel like that makes me not a homosexual. 
and don't want to get criticized for that or have people be like, oh, well, now you're bisexual and things like that. So that's where I've seen the tension um, happen around people kind of being on the low. I just feel like the problem that I see and I hear is the fetishization of trans men in the queer men spaces. It, mm -hmm. And if you're okay with being the sex object, then, you know, like other gay men are sex objects. Um, if you're okay with that, then cool. But, um, you know, it reminds me of these kind of spaces where you'll see trans women be included in the sexual part of womanhood in the sexual mm -hmm. side of um, mm -hmm. the, where women are being objected or women are being sold women are being um super super like you know right. i've been to latina strip clubs where there was a trans girl a known trans girl yeah in the club and them exploiting her in the sense of we know some dudes are into that and so boom yeah. i've seen yeah. not not it, it, it's not necessarily open in you know in the in the non-latina clubs but i've seen trans girls be kind of welcome into swinger spaces welcome Easily. into hmm. certain clubs certain certain um private events just to be because oh i know that people are into this so right as a as a sub thing as right. a yeah. sub thing and so i've seen hmm. them be welcome into spaces and i don't want to say everybody but i've seen that happen that kind of leeway has i've seen that happen so it is it doesn't seem like a big leap being that for the past mm. 10 years, I have started to see more fetishization of trans men when it comes to queer men. I've seen them mm. say, Ooh, I want to try one of them out. Ooh, I want right. to, you know, I ain't never been with a trans man, but some of them is looking fine. And, you know, so me seeing that more often publicly stated, I, I, yeah. it is only, it's inevitable for them to start including trans men into the culture of sex that is gay culture mm -hmm. <laughs> so mm -hmm. to me it just seems like it's an easy step because i'm like of course because they're be becoming more visible they're becoming more um out here out and proud so of course um and less less and many trans men are opting out of adhering to cis heteronormative ideals of manhood they're kind of embracing being queer like there's a there's a um embracing being gay trans men like it, mm -hmm. it used to be mm -hmm. trans men you meet they just would adhering to only deal with cis women i only i'm straight and da 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 da, da. kind of wow. same thing same thing with um same thing with trans women back mm -hmm. in the day you would when you meet trans women the stereotype was we like men and that's what it was but mm -hmm. now I'm mm -hmm. coming across more trans lesbians. I'm mm -hmm. coming across more trans, um, you know, trans women who are willing to date um, queer men, who are willing to date mm -hmm. um, studs, who are willing to. There's a, just a little bit more nuance happening when it comes to how we are expressing our sexual orientation more so yeah. than our gender identity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, I, I definitely see the same thing i agree with that i i think i've all i mean i always seen like a subs i've always seen a small population of gay folks who are like trans men or queer folks who are trans masculine but 
Yeah, but it's still kind of small, honestly. Com, com, you know what I mean? Like there's mm -hmm. more. You're you're right. You know what I mean? It's still kind of small, and then you also do have folks, of course, like we're talking about mimicking the culture, who are like, I'm on the DL, right? Yes. Who are also trans men, right? Which is a problem. Yes. Um, you know, um, because like you mentioned, like everything in that pond. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying we don't need to like. There's a lot of stuff that's positive that I think that trans men who are queer can take and trans masculine folks who are queer can take from black gay men in the community and the history and the social stuff and like how folks have, um, you know, navigated spaces. Like I learned a lot from cisgender black gay men around navigating spaces where in the morning someone sees me as a hyper masculine fucking thug and then later in the afternoon someone's like you're a fucking faggot so like i learn a lot about from from this community that has already experienced a lot of folks right just kind of like this constant shifting around how people perceive you but also just whatever but when it comes to sexual culture there's stuff to learn but there's also like Keep your eyes open, homie. You don't want to mimic like everything. Same thing for cisgender heteros. I mean, for uh, straight folks in the trans community, it's like uh, everything. All that straight culture ain't, <laughs> you know. It's like, you know, hey. I mean, what's cool about being trans is like we can create our own reality. Like we have some more agency. We don't have to mimic, yeah. you know, a whole bunch of unhealthy ass patterns because they're convenient, you know. Um, but I also do find or common you know i find um i don't know how to, i really don't know how to say this but <laughs> i do there is a certain level of freedom mm -hmm. that a mad people when it comes to sex seem to explore early on there's a certain level of freedom that and I don't want to say that lesbians don't get this, but it just seems a little bit different. It just seems a little. Because of sexism and like uh, uh, women are fucked over by patriarchy. Mm -hmm. Assigned female at birth bodies are also fucked over by patriarchy and mm -hmm. like controlled, mm -hmm. like both are controlled. So that's why, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because like. <laughs> You know, keep your legs closed. Da, 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 da. Like you're not girls can't explore sexuality. You're not supposed to. And if you are, you're a hoe. And if you don't, then you are too. You're not. You know what I mean? You're not somebody to date. And that still re it up. reflects yeah. the queer relationship. Okay, yeah. So that's what I'm I mean, seeing. The I, difference. I, don't, I mean, I don't know if it reflects. I mean, Fully. people are not. I mean, I came out pretty young, right? Uh -huh. I dated when I was in high school. I dated women. I dated girls, right? Other folks, my peers. Um, but you know, it it definitely. I don't know. Also, let me just be clear because I'm I'm forty, so I don't know what younger people like. Because younger folks got a whole different reality around sex between like social media, prep, all like all gamut of things in the world today. It's a mm -hmm. different reality. But I do think like when folks are younger, they're not as likely for most you know for a lot of black folks aside, female at birth because of all this other, there's all this control <laughs> around your body. <laughs> as soon as you hit So puberty. let me explain what I mean. <laughs> it's not saying I grew up around gay boys and lesbians and they were in separate entities. Like they, I, uh, 
when I hung out with the lesbians, it was me and a bunch of lesbians. When I hung out with the right. gay boys, it was me and a bunch of gay boys. It was never, yeah. it was very few kind of overlap. Some, but when it comes to partying together and doing sex stuff, because okay. clearly right. they're not, not into the same other. thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. So yeah. let's, so let me say this. It was, it is only one time that I've ever seen a group sex activity with a bunch of girls. I've seen it once. Not saying that it doesn't happen, but I've seen it once. With the gay boys, I seen it a lot. I seen yeah. it a lot of times, various moments where it just yeah. buck wild. So it's not saying that the lesbians weren't getting buck wild. It's just the type of buck wild and frequency that the gay boys was yeah, getting. No, it's definitely, definitely a difference. It's a, it was a very big, distinct problem. difference. <laughs> yeah. Not saying yeah. that, you know, the lesbians yeah. ain't spontaneous and doing, mm -hmm. being mm -hmm. hoes and doing whatever, da, da, da. But it's mm -hmm. just the frequency of it. The girls who I was around, this was the difference. The, the lesbians that I was around, it was a bunch of couples, yeah. okay? A bunch yep. of couples that was hanging yep. out with each other. And some of them individuals in the couples was sleeping secretly with another person in, a, in another couple or secret sleep, okay. sleeping with another girl couple over here. Maybe sleeping, sneaking, sleeping with this single girl over here. Okay. But the, the front facing public persona was we were in a coupling relationship. Mm -hmm. It was very was sneaking I mean, and cheating, yes. But yeah. on the boy side, it was everybody sleeping with everybody, sleeping a couple of relationships, but most of <laughs> everybody single fucking whoever they want to fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it just was a that was the difference. I mean, I think like I said, I just think some of it, like you said, that front facing public shit, right? It's like, yeah, people be doing stuff, but you can't there there's way more to lose you know in society if you are a woman and <laughs> you're doing that there's just mm -hmm. way more to lose in terms of the shame that people put on you and all that kind of stuff if you have children you know and all this kind of stuff so like yeah no you can't <laughs> you can't do the same thing yeah. you don't have that kind of room or leverage you know what i mean so not saying there aren't folks who do but usually you know, they, it's like I got my own money. I'm a, I'm I'm stable. I'm I'm I can take these risks. I, I right. or I have nothing to lose, right? So, right. but most folks are somewhere in the middle. And know? so, usually, what I see, honey, once that testosterone getting them veins, mm -hmm. that body is like that <laughs> what body you, is like. What, 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 what you trying to say? 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 It is saying. Oh, <laughs> I like some different stuff than I did before this testosterone got in my body. And I now can go over here and play a little bit more freely than I could play over here. And I might like, and a lot of trans men tell me that they like different things than they did prior to testosterone. Testosterone opening them up to different ideas and exploring. And so they can come over here and explore a little bit more freely. And I see them taking advantage of that. You don't know how many times I be on Grinder and be on Jack and, you know, somebody. I mean, me yeah. I mean, I think it's what's cool is, I mean, was I think another piece of that too was just like, you know, when folks, I, I can speak for myself, like, you know, I felt more affirmed and comfortable because it's like, if I'm with you, 
I'm with a cis dude and you're seeing me as a woman, like that just fucks up the whole situation mm-hmm. from jump. So I think also like for folks, for some folks who have taken HRT, like that's a part of it too. It's like now I feel more comfortable in my shit and feel affirmed like because these dynamics like I dated guys when I was in middle school and we were good friends and we made out and that's where the fuck that shit stopped. I did, <laughs> I did, you know what I'm saying? I had a couple boyfriends in high school like my freshman year or whatever, you know what I mean? And it was and I was attracted, right? But it was like something wasn't clicking, right? For me, mm-hmm. I was like this, we good, right? And so, but a lot of that was dysphoria and I just didn't have the language for it or, you know, have the even consciousness of that to name, right? But I knew something wasn't right. Right. Um, but yeah, that's the, I think that's a big part of it too. It's just like, okay, okay. I, I can engage in this, uh, from a, a place of feeling more firm, you know what I'm saying? But also once, but another element, kind of what we were talking, what I kind of talked about <laughs> in the beginning when I was tell, talking about the, the show that I've been watching about, you know, yeah, you can say that this is just sexual, but what happens when you do start falling for people and you do start emotion mm-hmm. emotions get involved with them and what i also see in conversations with um cis gay men is you know that kind of idea that kind of gaslighting kind of idea of don't think you better come over here in our shit and bring that emotional shit uh bring mm-hmm. you know there that can that's rooted in sex sexism rooted in misogyny and all that kind of stuff but we they'll they'll have this idea from what I'm when I'm what I hear them saying stuff they complain they'll have this idea that we just be over here fucking don't think that you're gonna come over here and and turn it into some kind of relationship shit because this is how we do over here that's what I hear Mm -hmm. them verbalize okay and when in regard to trans men and so I'm like "Mm, well I can see how that can be complicated as a person for me because that's I hear the complaint about I hear that complaint that disconnect where it's just sexual and that disconnect and that kind of gaslight situation from cisgender came in. So I know that is that's a problematic situation in the culture because I see cisgender gay men that get attached and do these kind of things and y'all play that same kind of game. But because this is a trans man, you make it seem like it's because he used to be a woman that he's bringing these ideals yeah, into the, 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 the misogyny the patriarchy yeah. the sexism kicks in right <laughs> and so i see that i said and you know i just be watching from afar so i just be seeing like i see the conversations i hear the conversation i my my gay son used to um deal with trans men that was his uh, little, a part one of his little fetish situations and oh, wow. And that these <laughs> conversations will come up, and I'll be like, "Hmm, this is quite interesting." <laughs> on you know, on a yeah. sociology kind of level, yeah. like hmm, interesting. Yeah, I do think. Um, I was talking with a friend uh, recently, and we were talking about just like uh, something I mentioned on the show before too. Was just like I wish there was more information for trans people, the actual community. Because, like, you know, the information for allies outweighs the information that's actually for trans people mm-hmm. that's out there in terms of what's accessible when you just go on, let me search trans stuff. It's not really too much for the actual community. And I do think, like, we were just talking about having more, um, in this situation, talking about trans masculine folks, but just like having more like sexual health 
stuff, right? Like opportunities to have conversations around sexual health, um, opportunities to just like, not just sexual health, but also understanding like your hormone, like if you're taking hormones, like what that means. And if you're not taking hormones, what does that mean around your sexual health and kind of understanding your cycle, understanding, you know, so then you have a little bit more agency around what's going on. And you, when you have spaces to kind of talk about stuff, you know, it creates a different culture. You can set, you can create a different culture amongst your people about what's normal and what's not normal. Um, but anyway, but yeah, we were just talking about like, you know, but that would be a part of the conversation, right? It's like, so you're dating cisgender gay men. <laughs> like, let's, let's have a conversation about that. What's going on inside? Like, what's going on for you? Like, you know, what are some of the challenges? Do you feel some pressure around like condoms and shit? Are, are, are you accessing, like what is going, what's going on? Mm -hmm. Are you accessing or are you? PrEP? Are you, you know, right. do you have any questions you, about PrEP? Do you have any questions about PEP? Do you have any questions right. about, you know, Plan B, kind of yeah, Plan uh, B, yeah. bam. Yeah, yep. Yeah, um, and so like creating spaces where folks have that education on the front end, not after the fact. <laughs> But just like we know we regularly talk about because I do see that uh, for uh, in some communities around cis black gay men having those spaces. Right. And having these events and having spaces to just talk about sexual health, you know, just to keep folks engaged and in community. Um, I think that's something that anyway, we we're just talking about that. But, yeah, it would yeah. be relevant to this. Like, you know, um, but uh well, go yeah ahead, london go ahead you yeah. for even yeah d getting it open and and mm -hmm. being and you know making it more inclusive i think that that's dope mm -hmm. i think that's dope mm -hmm. on you know on that level where it's like okay well we we know they out here right <laughs> so let's, that, let's, right. Let's and, uh, right and then you know uh let me what's the name of the space again because i just want to say it one more time they Tesco had hunkies. the Tesco. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds very you know, white. Go down to the Tesco, the Tesco hunkies event. Well, yeah, let us know. You know what I'm saying? A hashtag Marsha's play. Um, you know, do you see this happening in your community? Um, you know, for the queer folks who are trans masculine or trans men, what are you, you know, in queer? Like, are you dating? Like, let us know how that's going for you. Like, what are you are you navigating uh, some of these same challenges? or not or you know if you got events in your area that are for queer or gay trans men and trans masculine folks hit us up let us know hashtag marshall's place so other folks can uh come through the event maybe it be not called maybe testo negroes anyway <laughs> hashtag marshall's place <laughs> testo negroes yeah <laughs> hashtag marshall's place <laughs> So we uh -huh. know the <laughs> clusterfuck of political bullshit that is happening in Florida. Yeah. They are banning books. Yep. They are proposing bills to take trans children away from their parents. Yeah. Seeing that it is abuse and, you know, well, take them. Well, um, they are. <laughs> you know, they are just like literally the NAACP, um, various organizations have declared Florida not a safe place to travel to. Well, um, 
you know, not just because of trans shit, but because of black shit too. It's not just an, I want y'all to understand that this is just not an attack on trans rights. This is an attack on black folks too. You know, and if you live at the intersection of both of those identities, is an attack on your whole being. They are literally out here banning education when it comes to talking about black issues, talking about black history, talking about um, anything that has to do with the black identity. Um, literally erasing blackness from textbooks. It's just a fucking shit show <laughs> in Florida. Very, very, very crazy. So I wanted to talk about um, Ron DeSantos and mm-hmm. his presidential bid. Mm-hmm. So we know that within the next couple of weeks, he is going to be announcing that he has a presidential bid. One of the reasons why we can kind of tell what's happening with him when it comes to um, being, you know, running for president is he recently invited his donors to a conference in Miami. And around the same time, a number of organizations, when it comes to um, him declaring his um, candidacy paperwork, his candidacy paperwork is filed at federal election commissions and the word is that he has that he has this big rollout that's going to happen for his campaign during memorial day in his hometown of florida it's it's not far from tampa but you know all this stuff is kind of like maybe maybe not blah, 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 blah 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 but what we also know is he did recently sign into laws and into policy that said that will allow him to be the governor while running for president. That wasn't true before. It also, he changed some policies that would allow him to shield all of his travel from the media and the public. Now, also, you know that in 2018, Trump, you know, endorsed him. But ever since then, Ron DeSantos has not been talking about Trump. He hasn't mentioned him because he knows that <laughs> Trump is about to be his competitor during the primaries. Mm-hmm. And so he has been kind of leaving him, leaving him out of the conversation. And so, which leads me to believe that he's going to run to be the president. And this kind of stuff that's happening in Florida just gives him that kind of ridiculous rally. I've I've been rallying the base because now people thinking like, oh, Florida don't play. (laughs) Uh And if I get into the presidency, all this bullshit happening around the country is not going to be going on because it's going to be how I've been doing in Florida. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So how do you feel about that? Like yourself, I'm not surprised, unfortunately. Um, You know, it it really is kind of copycat. Like you think about the 50s and the 60s and like the governors in the South and how they were kind of outdoing each other around segregation and things like that. So like, Governor Wallace, Governor Faubus over in, in Arkansas with Little Rock Nine eventually. 
uh, Bilbo in Mississippi. And they, you know, it's kind of like a similar thing with Texas too. You know, obviously with Texas and Florida kind of part, you know, going back and forth and stuff. But um, I think folks need to, you know, get with your people. We got to work. You know what I'm saying? We got to be together because like you mentioned earlier, these people aren't playing. Like DeSantis is not playing. Like they are going to do continue to do a lot of ridiculous um, harmful legislation basically uh, to out Trump Trump like that's what he's trying to do you know um, the scary part about you you mentioning the 50s and the 60s is that it like it led to a multiple assassinations of people multiple right. murders mean- of people. I've, I've said on I've said on our show before. Part of the reason I left Wisconsin, part of the reason I left the Midwest, is that I could see the writing on the wall. I, I'm a student, literally, of like Black women's history, post World War II U.S. history, Black women in the Civil Rights Movement, like the right in in, in that era. Like it, a lot of it was like to me, it was like boom, boom, boom. They're bringing this shit up. It's Southern strategy kind of spread out, um, but they're not playing right this independent legislator legislative theory that's going to the supreme court out of out the carolinas i believe or virginia one of the two where they want to be able to say well the state legislature gets to decide where your votes go for president not the people that voted so y'all can vote for whoever the fuck you want to vote for we get to decide as a state legislature that's super republican <laughs> who's getting our electoral college vote so yeah it, it is real it is real um yeah, I think it's like we gotta be we gotta be work working with organizations that are doing their thing. Folks gotta vote. The majority of people that the biggest voting block are non-voters. So it's like we just I like I, I, you know that's the other thing. It's like there there are tangible things we can do. We gotta vote. It's really important that we utilize that. It's not the it's not the only solution, but it's a big big part of the solution to stop further fascism. You know what I'm saying? And I, I do wish that like organ like the, I'm glad the NAACP has come out. They're a little late to me uh, to kind of have, you know what I mean? It's like, no, we need to like in the 50s and the 60s, rest in peace, Harry Belafonte recently passed. You had black celebrities using their leverage to be like, yo, the shit is going down down here in the South. Or, yo, I'm going to throw these parties so people have money for bail when they go pro to like, you don't really see that same level of urgency and i and i think um to your point like this is not just going to happen in texas i mean in florida it's going this is going to spread you know it's not just texas and florida so folks got to get that out their mind and for folks like myself who live on the west coast or live on the east coast or you're in illinois or in minnesota in these little bubbles if they have enough people to take over enough state legislator legislatures They'll have enough people to do constitutional amendments because it's about how it's like two thirds of three fourths of the legislatures. So Republicans control the majority of the state legislatures. You know what I'm saying? So like, like we ain't nobody. You know, I just want to be clear. Like we not no nobody's gonna get out of this unscathed. It ain't like well I don't live in this state. This doesn't impact me. No, it's all connected. You know, right? And so like while we still got these rights. <laughs> I think we need to 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 use them. Um, 
and try to be in coalition with as many people as possible if you're in Florida. You know, like you said, this is black folks coming together, Latino folk, the Latinx community, you know, NAACP didn't just say this is impacting black people. They said, no, this is impacting the LGBT community, you know, folks of color um, in general. So um, I don't know. Those are some of my like, what was you said about DeSantis and what? Just a, you, you, just in general, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's how I'm just, I, I mean, because they're gonna do what they're gonna do. And so speaking of them doing what they're gonna do, yeah, they're gonna do what they're gonna do. I want to talk about Texas because I'm in Texas, right? The school board currently are passing a bill, they put it forward, and it more likely it's gonna pass mm -hmm. because you know, Republicans control the House and the Senate. They have put a bill where the counselors of yes. schools will be replaced by chaplains. Mm, mm, mm. We're having a separation of church and state. The, clearly, mm. they're not giving a fuck about that because this is wild. So, with this amendment, mm, mm, mm. Texas requires this is how it is now before the pass before they pass the bill. Texas okay. requires a school counselor for every 500 students in Texas, okay? Mm -hmm. In the public school. Most of the counselors to be in that position, you have to have a master's degree yeah like an msw a social work degree <laughs> like mm -hmm. you've been trained yes <laughs> and you have to have two years in the classroom and a valid school counseling certificate so you have to have credentials to be okay. a school counselor but when don't. this when this bill <laughs> passes the chaplains would now not have any of those requirements It's, so it's we are very like voucher school energy. Like, wait a minute, is it move this money, this public money to this religious thing? Okay. We already see the state then took over the public school system. We already they already did that. In now Houston, they right? are in Houston. Now they are moving to remove counselors and bring in these kind of preachers, these pastor chaplain preachers. I mean are black are black preachers on board with this or no? Are they pushing back on that? conservative black preachers they always have been here in okay. um mm -hmm. in, in houston not every mm -hmm. single one but a lot of them mm -hmm. and so mm -hmm. in my brain i'm like these this is they're collecting and burning and destroying books they are bringing religious concepts into the school like i know this is extreme y'all but this is giving Gilead, this is giving. But that's how that's how the fascists do. Fascists, they they do it. It's it's drop by drop because they've been doing drop by drop for so long before they put accelerant on this shit. You know what I mean? And it's drop by drop, and then it builds up, and then next thing you know, we're having this conversation. Yeah. Versus, you know, ten years ago, 
This is not the conversation we would have been having. In yeah. 2015, we wouldn't have been having this conversation. Shit. In 2016, 17, or 18, we wouldn't have been having this conversation. But they've been softening folks through social media in all kinds of aspects of the interwebs by desensitizing folks and trying to get people to be okay with just a little bit more bullshit. If you're okay with a little bit more bullshit, eventually, you know what I'm saying? Then you look back and it's like, oh shit, we were okay with a lot of It's like that first they came for these people type shit. You know what I mean? Then they came for, eventually they came for me. And that's kind of what's been happening. We just been getting gaslit on the fucking internet. <laughs> what else? It's 2015. You know what I'm saying? Like on the right and the left and the middle. You know what I mean? And the goal with fascism is to make it so horrible that people either check out, right? And don't engage, don't vote, don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just got to focus on survival, right? Or folks, you know, capitulate and say, okay, I'm going to participate in the bullshit. I'm trying my best to be positive, but I do, I, I do have the mentality of, God, do I need to get the fuck up out of here? I will say this. As somebody that left where I'm from, <laughs> okay, because I've, I've hesitated to say this shit on the air because, you know, people got to do it. I respect people that don't leave where they're from. I respect people that stay for the fight. But I'm also a child of grandparents that migrated from Mississippi, most of them, mm-hmm. okay? And they left for a reason. <laughs> so, you know, when I remember that for folks who do consider leaving where you're from, like, you know, you got to do what you got to do. You know what I mean? Like, like if, if that makes sense for you, it makes sense for you. If it doesn't make sense for you, then it doesn't. And if you don't have the capacity to, and that's something that but you're then interested in. The areas you know, where I mean, they, there real. might be the areas that might be a little bit more progressive and trans accepting, while they are really, really great in the sense of that shit, they're really, really bad in the sense of the fucking cost of living. They're really, really well, yeah, bad but in the sense of exploitation would- and underpaying. I'll, I'll say this. I don't know. I can't speak for California. Cal- California is not what people think it is for damn sure. It's kind of like Atlanta. People be like, I'm going to Atlanta. And you're like, and, I, and I'm going to make all my dreams come true. And it's like, oh, it's going to be harder than that, fam. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I mean? And I think it's a similar thing with California. Um, and to a certain extent, Washington state, I can't speak for Oregon because it was founded to be a white state. So I don't really go there. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Like literally a white state. Um, a white and so, right. And so, but I will say, and in some places I will say like, there's some places where there are definitely more support systems for folks to get on their feet in places where, you know, you know, like where people are building, you know, housing for the community and doing different projects and things like that. And there's, you know, it just depends on where you're going. But I do think if that's something people are considering, yeah, it's important to reach out to people that are already there and be in a network of folks in the community before making any kind of moves, if you can. Because um, what you're speaking to, Diamond, is absolutely correct. Like, I live in Washington State. I live in Seattle. This is one of the most expensive places in the country, point blank, period. And it's one of the best places to be for trans people, period. But you can't afford to live here. Right. (laughs) Right. You know what I mean? So that shit is real. Uh, But what I will say is, you know, people are out here. You know, I see black folks coming out here all the time. Right. And it's like, you know, where you got to live with some people. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's a lot of social pro you know what I mean? It just depends on where you're going. And I think that's the case in certain parts of the country, different areas, but you know, it's all different. You gotta you gotta talk, you gotta reach out and talk to people. I think no matter where you move, if you move somewhere and it's cheaper, you still it's still best to like try to reach out to folks who are already there and start kind of making those connections. Um, because that will open up you know what I'm saying? It, it it just makes that transition a lot easier, regardless if it's someplace that's more expensive or not. Um, you know, Milwaukee was more, Chicago was more expensive than Mississippi. Indiana, everything up north was more expensive than down south. Like, but people were connected through churches and different things. So like as trans people, but we gotta be connected. Like it's okay. I think it's okay for us to have a little mini underground railroad for black trans people. Like I think that makes sense, Diamond. You know, and it might not be for everybody, but if that makes sense for you, then yeah, reach out to your like if you connected on social media, if you went to BTEC, if you've had been able to make some of these connections, I think it's okay. I think I don't think people should not move if that's something they feel like they should do for their safety. You know what Moving I mean? Moving is definitely a privilege. I and I and I can't say that absolutely. I don't, I, don't, <laughs> uh, I don't I I can't say that I don't judge people that pick up and move. <laughs> um, yeah, I, do, I mean, I'm, I, but I also I'm, understand it as well. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I'm, yeah, it's, um, I'm not saying this has been an easy move to come out here, but like, you know, it, it's, 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 it's working now for me now, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, anytime you move, you're taking a risk. Yeah. And if you stay, you, know, you stay where you're at, whether it's physically or just like mentally or with a certain job or whatever you're doing, you know, then that's that's what you know. When you try something different, you get exposed to new shit, potentially new opportunities and new possibilities that I never I know I never could imagine in terms of being able to make a way, knowing what you know, knowing what I know. Oh, this place is so expensive. But then I didn't couldn't conceive of these other pieces that could potentially be there to kind of make that transition happen a little smoother. Right. Because I wasn't used to it. I'm, I wasn't exposed to it. Um, I don't know if that makes sense. But. All right. Well, what do y'all think about John or Ron, whatever is the Santos running for presidency? What do you Fuck think head. about <laughs> Texas replacing their counselors with ch church chaplains, y'all? And you know yeah, what? What are your thoughts crazy. about moving out of these crazy ass states? What are what are your thoughts? Do you think it's like you're giving up on the fight because you're taking the numbers down? That could be right because you need people there to vote. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We always got to negotiate survival. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you know, it's just it's it's wild. So tell us what you think. Hashtag Marsha's plate. Give me, give me, give me more than peace of mind. It's the joy and space to change the time. OJ, so tell me what is bringing you euphoria this week. Okay, so my friend, one of my good, my one of my one of my closest friends, family, hit me up and was like, "I sent you a package," and they sent it to my old address when I used to live in this house in co-op on the other side of town. So I ended up taking the whole adventure on the bus uh, to the other side of town, 
was back in the university district. It was good to be back over there. I'm glad I don't live over there anymore because it's definitely not as diverse as where I, you know, I live around black people still a little, a little bit where I'm at now. So anyway, go to the house and my package was there. Got a chance to open my package and look who my friend sent me. We see each other by Travail Anderson. They are coming on the show. Yes. <laughs> I'm them pretty soon. Awesome. It's a black trans journey through TV and film. I was so excited. That's bringing me for it. I mean, like, they, because they sent, they sent me a message that was like, oh, I sent you a package and it just showed a picture of it being delivered. So I had no idea. It was like completely random. I wasn't even mm. sure if it was still going to be at the old address, you know? Um, so it was nice to to go to the house and meet the new people that live there and, you know, and I was like, I'm unwrapping the book. You know what I'm saying? I'm unwrapping the box. And I'm like, oh, my face when I saw it. <laughs> I'm so excited. So uh, for it by Angelica Ross, who was on the show recently. Um, so, yeah, I'm really excited about digging into this book. Um, yeah. When we, ah, blah, we see each other by Travell Anderson, a black trans journey through TV and film. And my homie. My love, my fam, my Seti Poo sent it to me. So that's what's bringing me euphoria this week is some some black queer love. You know mm, what I'm saying? So. I love that. Yeah, Travel will be on the show soon to promote the book. Hey. So, yes, 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 yes. So we'll go into more detail. Yes. Um, what is bringing you on the show? Oh, my bad. I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. No, I was just excited. What's what's bringing you euphoria this week? Oh, what is bringing me euphoria this week? It hasn't happened yet, but my excitement towards Little Mermaid. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll say it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, really, yeah. really enjoying Haley Bailey's fashion throughout these premieres. All her, mm. her, especially that first gown, that first gown that looked oh, like really? a a wave uh, oh, oh it just looks so good it was just so blue and Aww, shiny and lovely. Okay. so she has been killing the fashion but everything that she's been wearing kind of has been you know um sea theme of course and it just it's right. been looking so beautiful and but what really 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 has been kind of pulling at my heartstrings is to see her engage with the little black girls and yeah. these pictures i see of her you know, engaging with them and then meeting her and she is the new Ariel and it's just so adorable and so cute and so um, impactful. You remember when um, um, President Obama had that little boy and he reached oh. for his hair and he right, was like, oh, right, his right. hair is like mine. Yeah, and, uh, It reminds yeah. me of that. It's like, oh my God, these little moments. And Absolutely. we won't know the impact of these little moments until years later. Like when we think about, you know, somebody who was born in 2008 or 2007, 2006, they grew up with a black president. They grew up with, for the majority of the beginning of their life, with a right. black president as opposed to right. our generation who we are the last of the mohicans of the um you know people who <laughs> well, i don't know if they last the mohicans but yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're the last of the people yeah. who mm -hmm. felt like that was impossible 
Mm-hmm. Like oh was, yeah no yeah we definitely are the last ones to kind of grow up being like mm, black president I don't know they gonna take them out yeah <laughs> we, we, we thinking that oh nah they will kill them like oh yep. no it's <laughs> instant instant that's like yeah. the instant thought we, right. we're kind of the last generation that had that kind of fear and oh that'll never happen and yeah. so there's a whole generation of people who that didn't that they don't can't have that. Cause they grew up with that's all they know, right? That's, that's all, all they, they knew in the beginning of their right. life. And so, gosh, like it's it's really, it's I think moments like this, and you know, of course, it doesn't, you know, it's still just visibility, but it's right. just the, just having that unlocking that kind of possibility model. That possibility um, can really change what people strive for. And yeah, imagination. Like imagination. To, to yeah. Have a, yeah. And so seeing those little those little girls see her and and she's so good. Like as far as media, she's so good at answering the questions and not getting mm-hmm. drawn into the mess and just really being a class act, beautiful young class act of a woman. Um and and keeping it real. And you know, just that's it's just her. And it just yeah. feels natural. It feels, um, it just feels great. I just feel I love seeing her. So I can't wait to. I love how she's doing the publicity around um, this. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm really proud of Disney and their stance against Rhonda Santos. And you get what I'm saying when it comes to how they are kind of trying, yeah. to, you know, trying to push back against him. So yeah. Yeah, the yeah whole, at least we're not going to bring these jobs. Yeah. Like, damn. Yeah. The whole situation, I'm really, really enjoying. And yeah, I'm, that's what's bringing me the idea of going to see it. And I'm going to be dressed up just like I was when I went to see Wakanda. Um, <laughs> and I'm, yeah, I'm excited to go see it. Aww. And that's what the, the idea of seeing it is bringing me euphoria. And it comes out on Friday. Aww. Oh, oh. Brittany Grinder, BG, mm-hmm. played basketball yes. for the first time this weekend. Since she came back. BG is back. Yeah. So I'm glad they're back. So. Good. Welcome back, BG. So, yes. So tell us what is bringing y'all euphoria mm-hmm. this week. What is making you joyous? What is making you happy? Hashtag Marsha's Plate. Yes. And I think we did a show. Yes. <laughs> See y'all so, later. Right, Peace, y'all. y'all. See y'all next week. Bye-bye. Yes. Bye. Well, that's it. Thank you for coming and getting a taste of Marsha's Plate. You can listen to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Make sure you leave a review because we really need those five stars, y'all. And go like our Facebook page and leave some comments. We'll be posting exclusive content every Thursday, so you definitely don't want to miss out. You can also follow us on Twitter and any other social media site at Marsha's Plate. If you'd like to donate or advertise with us, hit us up at diamondstyles at gmail.com. That's diamondstylz at gmail.com. And that's it for us, y'all. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. You gonna say bye, Mia? Oh, bye, (laughs) y'all. Every little thing's gonna be alright. Be alright. Be alright.